Welcome back to another episode of the Cruise Conversations podcast. I'm Michael. And I'm Frank. And today's episode is episode number 16. We're going to take a look today at Virgin Voyages and kind of what makes it stand out from other cruise lines out there. And then also kind of what intrigues us about the line as two people who haven't sailed it yet. So let's jump into it. All right, so as Michael announced at the top, we are discussing Virgin Voyages this week and our thoughts around the new cruise line. So Virgin Voyages launched, it was supposed to launch in the middle of COVID uh, in 2020, but then due to the government shutdown and the pandemic, they actually started in 2021. Since then, they've ramped up fairly quickly for a new cruise line. I always think in my head like, hey, what if I started my own cruise line? How, how would I do it? And it's like kind of fun to watch them do it. And in, in only two years, they have three ships, which is remarkable honestly Pretty crazy yeah uh just from like a like getting a business set up and getting ships and like designing it like obviously it's probably been in the works for a lot longer than we think it has but it's super cool just to see how they've kind of taken over a piece of the market and we wanted to kind of discuss that so they've got just as a highlight right so they've got one u.s port which is in miami they've got some mediterranean ports and then they're also sailing from australia they have three ships, so it's Scarlet Lady, Valiant Lady, and Resilient Lady. They all named after nice ladies. And they have another one called Brilliant Lady, which is delayed, unfortunately. It was supposed to come out next year. I think just due to some supply chain issues, they were pushing that one out a little bit. And so these ships are all pretty much identical. So you would, you know, if you go on Scarlet Lady, it's gonna be a very similar experience to the other ships. But overall, I mean, I think. Definitely a different, <laughs> completely different take on cruising than some of the other cruise lines out there. Yeah. So kind of starting with that, the first main thing is adult, adult only. So you have no kids on the ship. The target range we were looking at, what did we say? 36 to they, I mean, 49, it's a wide range. They were saying, yeah, so it's, it's a wide range. 34. This was based on like, what is it? US Travel or Travel Weekly it was one of the like articles that we found this, but it said that their target audience, this was like one of their VPs of marketing or sales, it said the target audience is 34 to 62 and their average that are actually on board is 48 or 49, which that was honestly shocking to me. Was that shocking to you? Yeah, because I feel like a lot of the stuff they do have on the ship, I would think would be targeting more kind of like younger adults, 20s, Yeah, I mean, maybe it's, start of 30s. When you start talking about like pajama parties and, <laughs> and tattoo, par I'm not, and we're, we're going to get to that later on. We're going to get to all that. I'm just, I'm not trying to stereotype, you know, I'm not like ageist or anything. You just are surprised <laughs> that. And I think that just generally speaking, the cruise industry is a bit older just yeah. in general. Right. So it's going to be, there's just not a ton of people in their twenties that are spending money on cruises. You know, we uh, are, I mean, we are, we're spending <laughs> a lot of money on cruises, but not everyone else is like us. Yeah. Uh, so, Kind of just going off some other differences that kind of stand out Virgin from other lines. They have what they call is kind of they're always included with all their cruises. So you're getting things like Wi-Fi, which you pay for on other ships, group classes, your tips are already rolled in, and then their essential drinks, which are kind of in line with most other lines, but that also includes, I think we said, some sodas and like sparkling water at dinner and just like your basic coffees and juices and stuff like that. The kind of big thing is they have, like we've mentioned, I think in the past in the podcast, there's no main dining rooms or buffets, and they have about 20 plus eateries. So they're kind of smaller venues from like your normal, like standard dining room size, but you have all different themes. So you have like Pink Agave, which is Mexican. 
You got gunbei, which is the that's the Asian where they cook in front cook of you, right? The meat in front of you. Yep. You have Razzle Dazzle, which is kind of like a vegetarian, vegan restaurant. That one looks really cool. That looks awesome. It's, they do have some meat options, but it's kind of nice that they've got a whole new take on vegan and vegetarian. And it's kind of, it just looks, all the options we talked about, like, look really good. So, yeah. And then I think one of the other kind of standouts, they have, uh, I forget what they call it, the area with the different, kind of like the market with the, the different food stands oh, and yeah. all that. They have a diner that's open 24 hours. So, and I think they do breakfast all day as well there. So if you do want a late night bite, that's another option versus a bunch of the other lines where you're getting pizza in the evenings. Yeah, and I don't think that, I mean, at least on Royal Caribbean and Carnival, I don't think there's truly anything besides room service that's open 24 hours. At least on Royal, I've been on it so many times. They don't, they do the pizza, but it stops at like three or four in the morning usually. And then after that, you got to go to getting, you know, the room service delivered to your room. So I really like it. Like you're in the casino late or you're just out on the, pool deck enjoying whatever you're doing out there late night 5 a.m you wake up and you're just hungry you can just go get something to eat so that's really nice that they that they have that and another major difference that we have here on virgin voyage compared to other cruise lines i think disney similar in this regard that they don't have the full drink package right so on virgin there's no drink package they've got what's called like their bar tab so you can prepay the bar tab, and I think every three hundred, there's like fifty bucks that they add on top. Yeah, and I don't know. I like this. I think it's cool that you had the flex. But I think it really works more. I know we're gonna we're supposed to give our thoughts at the end, but I will say that I really think that this works well for those that are not just gonna drink like the most expensive drinks, right? So the people that's probably not the the ones out there that are not gonna get their money's worth on a normal drink package where they're just drinking eight, ten cocktails a day probably those that are drinking like beer and wine and they're like, Oh, I want an occasional cocktail. So it's like, it's interesting because these ships are like very much like seem like a party atmosphere where you would probably get a drink package to be like really worth it, but they're not even offering that, which is kind of smart that they're like, Hey, you just pay as you would normally. And we'll give you a little extra couple of drinks for every $300 you spend, which is that's a lot of money. So just something different that they don't have on, uh, on Virgin. And I think on some of the itineraries themselves too, are like, based on some specials they're running at the time, they may throw, I've seen like up to $600 worth of bar tab yeah. onto your sailing. That's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. So from that standpoint, like if you were given that much, could be great, could work out to your benefit. I know one con that, I don't know if it's a con, but that and their sailor loot, which is kind of like their onboard credit, I've read none of it is refundable at the end. Okay. So if you do load on a couple hundred dollars from the start and you don't use it, you can't cash it out at the end or anything. You'll be you'll be at the bar just buying drinks for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> right there. I got six hundred dollars. Who wants a sh- who wants shots? <laughs> yeah. And then one of the last differences we have written down is when you look at the ship itself, they are smaller ships. But when you think about the pool area, there's really only one main pool area on the ship. You know, you're not looking at like a water park or water slides or any of that. It's kind of like one main pool area and what we kind of call like wow factor. So you're not going to find your rock climbing wall or the ultimate abyss slide or the yeah. bolt roller coaster on Carnival. It's much more, I feel like the ship's much more modeled around the different eateries on board and the different bars across the ship and kind of just supposed to be a more relaxful cruise, whether you're going to go spend time in the sauna or the spa or spend time working out in the gym. You're not, I don't know. You're not running around all day, like go, go, go from activity to activity. Yeah. I think that's, you're probably going to feel that the most on the sea days, right? Like that's a big difference. Cause 
you know, there's not going to be, you're not going to be like, Hey, let me go do surfing. Let me go to the rock. Hole, let me go to these. They're still going to have shows, but not three or four different venues for shows. They've got still like a really cool theater that they can convert into, you know, different style. Like they have a theater that converts like a 400, like normal theater style venue into like a floor that's kind of flat where they can do like almost looks like a boxing ring kind of show in the middle there. So just, just different. I mean, it's just different. And I think that that's it. It's going to attract more of the kind of, like you said, the person that wants to relax and kind of get away. Maybe if they've got kids, it's just like kind of like an oasis where you can relax and get away from the kids and just kind of just read your book or do stuff like throughout the day. They start going to have activities. Don't get us wrong. It's just, especially when you get to the evening time, like you say, kind of more relaxing during the day. And then during the evening, it kind of switches and more like your party atmosphere where you can go have a couple drinks, go dance, go to like the shows or whatnot, and then kind of just reset that next day. Yeah, that must be it. You just go hard at the night and then <laughs> sleep it off during the day at the pool. Yeah. So just to transition a little bit into, you know, what intrigues us about the cruise line, we gave some of the quick facts at the top. Now we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, what excites us about this cruise line. What maybe are some things that we think we may miss on this cruise line versus some of the other cruise lines that Michael and I normally go on. Yep. So going on that list, really the first item that we want to talk about is the food. Cause I think it's different. There's yeah. 20 different choices, which that that's a lot for me. Like I, I get, if you were to come to me and say, Hey, what are we doing for dinner? Michael and I, we go to the same Mexican spot in Charlotte, North Carolina, like every week. Yep. So having 20 different options on a ship is just a lot. And they're not huge uh, venues at all. I think you mentioned that they're kind of a smaller venue. So I think, you do have to get on and kind of pre-book and plan your your, your what you're going to do each night. But the, these restaurants look awesome. And the menus are actually designed by Michelin Star. I'm going to butcher the name, so I'm not even going to say the names. But Michelin Star restaurants, I think one of them is public in New York City. And then a couple others from New York City restaurants. So Michelin Star chefs, which are super cool that they have that. And then, again, just different options. So they got great Mexican options. They got the galley. They've got... Um, a Korean barbecue. It's called like Gun Gun Bay, right? Yeah. So just a bunch of different options on there. I think they've got like, was it like Lick Me Ice Cream was one of the... Yeah, their ice cream shop's called Lick Me Till Ice Cream and it features six different rotating flavors throughout your cruise. I think some are vegan flavors, but supposedly it's real good. And one of the venues that stuck out to me was the galley. It's the food market I was talking about earlier and all the food's made to order. So you can, like I said, it's all different types of food. You got noodles and paninis and uh, the diner I was talking about, but it's all made fresh to order. Cause like I said, they're trying to eliminate the buffets and the whole thing behind that is they have sustainability goals. And one of the big things that they're trying to cut back on is food waste. And obviously buffets have a lot of food waste oh, in general. Yeah. You got to think about all the food that just sits there and you know, people are, if they don't eat it, they just throw it out or they rotate it in. So that's, that's actually cool. I didn't realize that that was kind of the purpose behind why they, why they're going with the different venues and why it makes sense. We're happier. We get fresh, warm, hot food and yep. uh, they're happier because they don't have to throw or I guess some of the other cruise lines like burn the food at the end of the day. Like some oh, of them actually like, I didn't know that. Yeah. Another thing that intrigues us with Virgin is the different forms of entertainment around the ship. So like Frank was talking about at the start, the main theater itself, the red room transitions into different styles of seating like we said right you got your normal theater setup your kind of boxing ringer style setup i know one of them i think for the romeo and juliet kind of theme show it's like two bleachers kind of facing each other so it's cool to see how they kind of transform the theater itself the 
fit some of the different shows, right? Yeah. And then the next place that kind of stands out is the manor, because the manor is the nightclub on the ship. But to our understanding, each night, kind of the start of the night, it features some different shows. So some are more music-based. I think some feature acrobatics in the show. But then after the shows are over, it transitions into a nightclub for the rest of the evening. See, I like that, because I feel like sometimes the nightclubs can be awkward, right? Like, you just don't want to walk in, and it's like, oh, if we're all going to see a show, and then it pivots, like, we're already sitting, we meet some people... You're already there drinking, having a good time. You're already in the door. Then it kind of turns into a nightclub. That seems like you have, it just feels like it has a better vibe than like, hey, we're walking into a nightclub where it could be like awkward and dead. Like, yeah. No one's in no there. One's there. Yet. Yeah. You already got the people there. Now all we got to do is just like quickly throw the DJ up there on the stage and now you got a nightclub vibe. So. Honestly, I didn't even think of that, and I'm sure that's probably what they were thinking of when they did that. See, so they that thought is... they, they clearly <laughs> planned this out before. So, yeah, that is pretty neat. But even kind of just talking more about the manor itself, it's kind of cool because I feel like over the years, a lot of the cruise lines have kind of moved away from having a dedicated nightclub. I know, like, some of the new carnival ships, you have the Limelight Lounge, which is used for, like, some things during the day, and then some nights is used for the nightclub, but then they'll kind of move it around to other parts of the ship, whether it's, like, a... Uh, nighttime deck party up at the top or sometimes in the adult only pool area they'll do parties but i, I even know on royal too right it moves around a different yeah the, i mean some ships still have the different venues but i think that for the most part to your point they're not building like a nightclub into the deck plans they're more like saying hey let's use the comedy club as yeah. like the nightclub like it's a dual purpose type of venue but i think this is the same concept it's a dual purpose venue it's just one is a sh- you know it's a show that turns into a party, which is kind of cool. So, I like that a lot. Speaking of parties, yeah. Can so, you tell us about some of the theme parties. <laughs> the parties on board. So they got the Scarlet Night party, which it it seems like a pretty late night kind of party where everyone gets up on the pool deck, and it ends up like just being a bunch of dancing. And it looks crowded. Like it looks like everyone on the ship, pretty much you dress in red, right? Yeah. And you get up there and eventually it ends up like people just start jumping into the pool and I think ha- there's an, a massive inflatable octopus up there. Wow. See, that's <laughs> just things I didn't know. Now I'm ready to book this, this cruise, but they also have a really cool PJ party on board. So everyone gets to dress up at night in their favorite pair of PJs. I personally know that I don't have PJs that I would be willing to show off to 2,700 other guests. So I'll have to go and like find a really cool pair before I come on my cruise, but it's just fun because like again, there's no kids running around. It's just like adults only. And you can just like go around, go eat pizza in your PJs. Like it just feels kind of homey. So I, I think that's awesome. I think that they're really like embracing the fact that it is adults only doing the Scarlet Night party up by the pool and letting it get a little rowdier than you normally would see on some of the other cruises that we've been on. And then the PJ thing is also awesome. I think they have a bunch of other theme nights that they do as well, but those are the two that really caught our attention. The next, like we mentioned at the start, the fitness classes are all kind of rolled up into your initial price, So, which is kind of neat because you go on other lines and they're going to charge you, I don't know, five, ten bucks per a cycling class or hit class or whatever type of class you're interested in doing. But one of the main themes on their ship seemed to be like health and wellness, whether it's, like I said, doing these classes, they got a bunch of dedicated space, whether up on the perch, they got yoga you can do in the morning or there's a side of the ship that has like a little boxing ring and like other outdoor style workout stuff. Then you obviously you have like your running track up top, but then they're also kind of big into their spa and like their thermal suites and everything that's included with that. Yeah. I think it's awesome that they prioritize the well wellness on the cruise, especially after you eat like 
you're going to eat a lot at these venues. You're going to be drinking, staying up late, partying. And then it's like, hey, let's start the day with some yoga. So I think that's awesome. The last thing that we wanted to mention was just, you know, this this ship has less people on it. It's a little bit smaller. And I think that that's something that's nice. It really does kind of all encompass that, um, you know, getaway oasis vibe. Like it's not, doesn't seem like it's super crazy on board with like packed venues. And it just seems like it's more about, you know, just getting away and relaxing than it is about being kind of all, you know, in very tight areas, crowded shows. And I think just the, the venues just seem a little bit smaller and more personal and kind of about like, hey, let's go get away as a couple and have a great relaxing time rather than like, let's go party. Even though they have the parties, it's just more kind of like, per- I don't know what the right word, maybe like personal or intimate is maybe the right word there. Yeah. You know, we didn't even talk about this before we turned on the podcast, but one of the other big things that I think kind of stands them out is the longer port times and then a lot of the overnights they do. So if you're on a med cruise, they do a lot of overnights in Ibiza, yeah. which would be cool. I mean, we know Ibiza is a big party place. And then their Bimini Beach Club, how they kind of stay there later in the evening and they do bonfires on the beach. Yeah, I think the Bimini Beach Club, we talked about that on the one. If you haven't listened to the other episode about private islands, go check that one out. But we highlighted Bimini. I think we're just going to say it again. Like It's definitely... It's a really awesome, like if you can get on one of the, the sailings where uh, Virgin is taking you to the Beach Club at Bimini, that I think is, I think it's every sailing. At least in the Caribbean, I think most yeah. sailings, kind of like Royal, there may be some that don't go there, but it looks like most do from, from Miami. And it's a huge, I mean, it's a huge selling point, right? So all of your, you know, your drink bar credits work on the island. You've got the awesome pools. You've got the food that just is so different and unique and upscale. So I think that's a huge selling point as well. So kind of wrapping up kind of our thoughts and kind of the history of the line, let's kind of compare it to other lines, right? So when you're looking at Virgin compared to Royal or Carnival or Norwegian, I thought it's kind of like the step up because it's more like an all-inclusive package, but the price kind of reflects that. The price is going to be a little higher versus what you would see as kind of like your nightly rate on those other lines I said. Yeah. And I think just going off that too, you know, you're going to pay more, but I think again, it's just more about, Hey, let's have an experience where there's less kids, you know, just different venues. Like, again, there's no main dining room to me that that does like, I think I would miss that on some sailings, not saying every cruise I have to go to the main dining room. Like I've done some Royal Caribbean and other cruises where we just ate at specialty restaurants, but I think I really like on, after my last cruise, I really liked having that same waitress and service every single night like from the same people just something about that to me was nice just made it feel like a little bit more like home versus always trying to get that reservation or like trying to figure out the next night's dinner or again just so many different options that i'd be overwhelmed so i think to me that may be an area where i'd be like oh i kind of miss sitting down at a dining room and getting the menu and just having like where you wave the towels and you like are sad because you're gonna miss them you know like that to me is something special so yeah, and then for me, I feel like the one thing that may be a little harder for me on a Virgin ship is kind of just the activities during the day because I feel like, like I said, I'm typically like the go, go, go person. But I feel like, like I said, this would be perfect for my wife because she'd love just to lay out, read a book all day, and kind of just relax more. And I think it would make me, like I said, kind of relax more and kind of just know, hey, it's a different vibe than probably other cruises I've been on. But like we said, in the evening, things start to pick up. And I'm sure, I mean, like you said, get some drinks by the poolside during the day. Hey, you'll have a good time. Yeah, and I'm not, I think this is definitely a cruise where I would say, hey, 
just going to like how I compare, right? So like on a cruise, I'm never bored. And we were yeah. looking at some of the other things and like there's definitely downtime during the day where you're just, there's still activities, there's still trivia, there's still game shows and, and all of that. But on other cruise lines, the list is like multiple pages. And I think on Virgin, it's like, go get a workout in, go just sit by the pool. And then at night after dinner, it like, it's pretty much just like parties everywhere and, you know, great food and all of that. So it's just a different... I don't know, the core value of why you go on this cruise is just going to be completely different than why you'd go on another cruise. And let's not forget, I mean, there's some things we hadn't mentioned yet, like the casino, which I know you'd love to spend time in. They have an arcade on the ship that has a bunch of retro games, which I kind of feel like goes with the demographic as yeah. well with like foosball tables and I think tabletop shuffleboard. So there are other activities you can do throughout the day. And I know they have a nice little shop area that includes like a vinyl shop for music and a tattoo parlor and a ladies blow dry bar. So there, I mean, like I said, there's, there's definitely ways to stay busy throughout the day. Yeah. I think one other thing I wanted to ask you about was the drink package. So usually, I mean, we've been getting the drink package now for a while. I think it also depends on who you're going with. Like maybe if you're just with your spouse on a sailing like this, you may not want it versus you're in a big group, like a birthday trip or something like that. You may want to get a drink package, but how do you feel about like, would that be something that you're like kind of nervous going into the cruise? Like I'm going to spend a ton of money at the bar. Or do you feel like you kind of like just have a different mentality going in? You're probably going to maybe drink a little bit less than you would kind of all day on other cruises. Yeah, I feel like it may have to be a little bit of a different mentality. I don't know. This may, maybe, I don't know if it's an unpopular opinion you would call it. I don't, they're, they're really trying to hype it up, like the bar tab, and I just don't fully understand it. I mean, like we said, like, I guess if you were just drinking beers or whatnot and you weren't like buying like the pricier stuff, then yeah, it could probably save you some money. But like like you said, the packages we've had have either been unlimited or carnivals is like a 15 drink limited day. So you know you're going to have all different things. Right, I think like knowing, like yes, yes on Royal Caribbean or Carnival, you're going to have to either get the package or pay for soda. That That's for sure. Like that's definitely a difference. But knowing that, okay, I've already paid for it and my maximum spend is 87 a day or whatever you pay, like 100, even if it's 100 a day, you know you're not spending more than that versus a big night at the Scarlet Party or let's say you have fun in your PJs one night. Now you're spending $150 on drinks or you're buying other people drinks and it's like that tab could get a little crazy. So I think that's also just something I was thinking of. Yeah, and then kind of like the last, I feel like could be a con, is what other drink packages too? If you don't like a drink, it's easy to send it back. Whereas here, you bought the drink and you don't like it, well, then you're you're still out however much you spent on the drink. Yeah, Overall, though, I really do like. I think I like most of the changes that they made. I think oh, it's yeah. just different. I think it's just different, you yeah. know. And I think that's and that's their approach. Is cruise lines have been around for a long time. They know that if they're coming into the market this not late, but yeah, yeah, pretty late, right? Like some of the other cruise lines have been around fifty plus years, so they know that they had to come in and be some some stir in the market that's just going to change some of these main things up, like the dining rooms, the drink packages, like some of those basic principles of cruising and what we've known for so many years now let's go away from that and and it attracts a completely different market and just people that you know may want to just try something new or kind of sick of the old way i think it's also worth mentioning as well that if you have status on carnival royal caribbean msc norwegian any of the big cruise lines that you've been sailing 20 30 years whatever that may be they will status match you to their um, loyalty program so you can actually go through and 
take part in their status match. So you will get some additional perks on board as well. I think this is nice again, cause they are so new and they want to, they want to bring loyal cruisers and kind of sell you on why you should go with Virgin. So I think that's cool. Overall, Michael and I are excited. I think this is one we were texting about. This is also a podcast that we weren't going to do this week, but we were just texting about yeah. how awesome Virgin seen, like just videos that we've seen online and how excited we were. So we quickly pivoted our cruise conversation tonight and, decided to kind of change it up. So I think it was uh, just kind of nice to talk a little bit about something new and something yeah. that we're excited about. And hopefully we'll get one of these planned over the next year or two for us. And if you're interested in you know going on Virgin after hearing this, we're happy to also look into that for you as well. Yeah. Michael and I announced last week that we are now travel agents and we can help you get the best price on your upcoming cruise, whether that's Virgin or any other cruise line out there. So just reach out to us on Instagram or you can actually fill out a link on our uh, podcast. Awesome. Well, that's going to wrap up our conversation for the day. As we move on to some question and answer, as always, if you have a question, you can send them to us on Instagram or fill out the question and answer box under the Spotify episode. Our question for the day comes from Jonathan. He asks, Frank, if there was one additional item you would have brought on your European cruise, what would it have been and why? That's a great question. Um, I actually asked my fiance as well because I wanted to get her thoughts on it. A couple of items that we listed out on just in terms of things that we would like to bring next time. One is definitely, we, we did get euros. We did uh, bring cash, European currency. We got okay. it through our bank online. I think we brought 200. That was, someone recommended bring 200. And actually we would we would have brought more because every single taxi was only cash. So okay. knowing that, I probably would have traveled with more and then saved money just by like having to go use their ATMs and do all the fees and all the transactions. So they did have a nice thing on the European cruises. Is they actually have the casino in, sorry, the ATM in the casino is US dollars because the ship uses US dollars in the casino. Okay. But they also have another ATM outside of guest services that had euros. So I, I use that. But then I kept seeing a couple like fees come through. So yeah. that's the only thing when, versus like doing it in the US with your bank. It's going to be a little cheaper. A couple other items. I think we mentioned this on the last episode, but the last time we talked about Europe was the eSIM option. If your phone lets you download an eSIM, like an eSIM card, that is definitely the easiest and cheapest way versus having to do what I did, which was like the $10 a day pass for AT&T or Verizon. And that will just save you a lot of money. I think like for three days, you get like a gigabyte and end up being like five to 10 bucks, like super cheap compared to, you know, we were using, turning it on for one day because we needed to get directions and that was $10 for those directions. So just something to think about before the trip, like looking into the eSIM option as well. So I think that kind of wraps up today's episode. If you have any questions, we would love to answer them. Or if you just want to talk about cruising, just reach out to us via our DMs on Instagram at Cruise Conversations, or you can write us in, like Michael mentioned, in the box on Spotify. And also, if you're interested in booking a cruise, whether that's Virgin or any other cruise, or just hearing about pricing and different offers that we can bring, let us know. Reach out to us um, on the form within on Instagram, as well as on this episode. It should be on the details there. So with that, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. We look forward to being back here next Wednesday. Have a good week.